0: Uh, We're going to continue our examination of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and uh, moves into some interesting things here, as if everything before wasn't interesting, as it was, obviously. But in verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul says this But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. It's the type of phrase right here that just all of a sudden, just this little sentence that appears starts with the word, but, Uh, but what? But sort of like, but compared to what? Well, previously, remember in previous verses, he had told him, hey, I want you to make it your ambition to live a quiet life, to attend to your own business, to work with your own hands, okay? To behave properly toward those on the outside and toward those who are believers. But then he says, but we do not want you to be uninformed. Uh, I think he's answering some questions that they had had, okay? Some things that they had communicated to him that they wanted to know about, and so now he's answering them. So something had occurred, and I'm always amazed by this because he says he does not want them to be uninformed. Apparently they were uninformed about those who are asleep, and asleep is the term that he used for those who have died in this physical body, okay? They died in this physical body, But we know from uh, other portions of Scripture that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who are believers. So Paul describes them as being asleep. Now, we're not talking about a soul sleep, which some people will want to bring up and say some things about. No, that's not what he's talking about. It's talking about the fact that our bodies are no longer living, but our spirits are with the Lord. And so Paul describes that as being asleep. And he said, I don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep. And he says, the reason is so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Now, that doesn't mean that we as believers are not to grieve when somebody uh, precedes us to glory, when they go to glory ahead of us. Okay, no, no, grief is part of how God made us. You know, Jesus wept. Remember that with Lazarus, Jesus wept. But we don't grieve in the same way. And and the uh, difference is given to us in this sentence. We do not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Aha! Those who are Gentiles, those who are non-believing Jews, those who are not saved, do not have hope. And so we don't grieve in the same way. We grieve because we have hope. We know that they have gone to be with the Lord if they're believers. We know what our future is. Those who are not believers do not have that hope. And you see in 1 Corinthians 15 that it's the hope of the resurrection. That's the whole point, that the Lord himself was the one who did away with death and that he was resurrected from the dead. Now, I find it really interesting here. Apparently, somebody or some people had died, right, who were believers had died. Remember, Paul was only with them for for a brief period of time, just a few weeks. And he tells them all this stuff that we're about to learn in 1 Thessalonians and in 2 Thessalonians. He tells all this stuff about the day of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, the things that are going to happen. But he apparently never mentioned anything or never said anything about what happens when you die here on earth. And I think that gives us some insight in some things, that it gives us some understanding uh, that Paul in the early church really expected the Lord to return quickly, okay? Because the Lord said, even so, I will come quickly. He says that in Revelation several years after Paul wrote this right here. But there was uh, an understanding that the Lord was going to return. There wasn't this thing of what we have in the modern Western church today of the doctrine of imminency, that the Lord could come at any moment at any time and that nothing has to occur before he comes, that's totally unbiblical. There's many, many, many things that have to occur before the Lord Jesus comes again. Most of them have already occurred. As a matter of fact, I could probably only point to one, maybe two things that might need to happen before the Lord comes again. And we're going to see some of them in Thessalonians, okay? Okay. We're going to see those. But it's just interesting that he never told him about, well, this is what happens when someone dies. So now he's about to do that. He says, I don't want you to be uninformed about that. I don't want you to grieve as those that have no hope. In our grief, we grieve with the understanding of the hope. Verse 14 tells us this. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. So if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, that means you're what? You're a true believer. Okay, You've believed in the salvation. If you believe that, then know this, that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Those who believe that, who believe that Jesus died and rose again, they've fallen asleep, they've died. When the Lord comes again, he's going to bring them with him. Now, again, we talked about this in the last episode, I think, or a couple before, whenever, uh, that that whole coming again is interesting because there's so many elements, there's so many things involved with that. And what particular point are you talking about? We don't want to get into details right now. The bottom line is that they will come again and the Lord is going to Uh, bring forth their body from the dead, resurrect their body, and join them together with that resurrected body. Now, verse 15 says this, For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord. So Paul is saying this, this is the Lord speaking. Okay, This isn't me making this stuff up. This is the Lord speaking. For this we say to you, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. In other words, when the Lord returns again, there's gonna be a capturing, a coming together. We call it the rapture, okay? And he's saying that those of us who are still alive and remain here, that we're not gonna be raptured away before those who have fallen asleep. And you say, well, how is that gonna happen? Well, verse 16 For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So when the Lord comes, when he descends from heaven, there's going to be a shout involved with this. There's going to be the voice of an archangel. There's going to be the trumpet of God. And when you look at all that the scripture says about this, you're going to find out there's going to be a lot of voices. There's going to be a lot of shouting. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of trumpets, but there's one particular trumpet, the trumpet of God, which is not one of the seven trumpets in Revelation, by the way. The trumpet of God is going to be a voice of an archangel saying something. When that happens, the dead will rise first they're going to rise. Remember, the Lord is bringing those with him. So he's going to bring those who that have died before, that are asleep before. Then their bodies will rise. Then verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So we shall always be with the Lord. So the Lord's going to bring those with him. He's going to be a shout from heaven, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God. Those who are dead in Christ will rise first. They will be joined together with their spirits. They'll be brought with the Lord. We will then join them in the clouds, in the air. We'll be meeting the Lord in the air, and we shall always be with the Lord. Now, we're going to be with the Lord. That doesn't mean that we're necessarily going to be everywhere that he's going to be. Because when you look at the last day stuff and all the things that he does here upon earth, He's here, he's there, he's all over the place. There's all sorts of things that occur. Now, quickly, we've only got a couple more moments. The last verse, 1 Thessalonians 4, says this, Therefore, comfort one another with these words. We're going to see that phrase a couple of times in these writings of Thessalonica, that he's saying this, Understanding this will bring comfort. Understanding what happens to those who are true believers and where we go and whose we are and what's going to occur will bring comfort. Too often, particularly in dealing with last days, scenarios and situations, people say, well, that scares me. I just don't want to worry about that. I don't want to get into it. It's all going to pan out anyway. You know, we don't need to know that. We do need to know because when we know there's tremendous comfort in this, tremendous comfort. So he told them, comfort one another with these words. I often use this passage, another passage out of Thessalonians, uh, and during funeral times, because the Lord says to comfort one another with these things. Anyway, we'll, we'll continue on the next time. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you then.